Sheila, if there was anything you could do that you're not already doing, what would it be? I would, well, it'd be one of two things. I'd either be a dancer for a dance company or I would be an actor in a, like, in musicals. Not necessarily a lead, but I would totally be down with being just a chorus member all the time. But what about all the costuming and everything you did? Would you ever do that? Yeah, I would go back into costuming for sure. That's actually one of my favorite jobs was working in the costume shop. Yeah, I would probably definitely be writing more, doing more of that stuff. Yeah. Be behind the scenes, doing all of that extra stuff that nobody sees. Uh-huh. Not, a, not a director. A director, yeah. No. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so much pressure. <laughs> Sheila, it sounds uh-huh. like you kind of want to be like MG from this book we just read, The Frame Up by Megan Scott Mullen. Maybe. <laughs> Hi. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I think that's my favorite countdown ever. Thank you. I thought I'd be a little bit more creative than what we sometimes do. Yeah, and it's not the seizure that Andy gives us. <laughs> um, hey, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to, to Hothead to Read. <laughs> um, Oh my gosh, I feel like this has been so long in the making. It it really kind of has. I also kind of feel like this summer kind of sped by. Like, how is it already August? Right? And we were, yeah, we had all sorts of grandiose plans. I mean, we're halfway through our grandiose plans, but. I know. We really are. Like, I'm really, really proud of us. Like, I feel like we're getting everything on on track. We but, have a lot more to do yeah and then there's so much on your I kind of I do feel really bad because there's so much on your plate through all of this I'll get through it somehow I mean honestly so what really screwed all of us up I don't know if everybody knows or if anybody remembers us talking about it Sheila was going to Wyoming this summer for her high school reunion I was gone for two weeks she was gone for two weeks and we had this grand plan to record of how everything was going to go this summer and when we, we could plans. record and how we could record and how to make it spread it out. And if Sheila had, you know, 15 minutes here or there, she could actually like edit something small or whatever. And then internet sucked in Wyoming. <laughs> I mean, I could, I, 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 I was able to do a couple editings, like the small editing of yeah. our, our promo for Tipsy Potheads, which is out already. Yeah. I was able to do that, but our our big plan of recording in Wyoming just did not happen. Yeah, so we've been, like, powerhousing it this, this last past week. Yeah, I got back a week ago, and yeah. we've recorded, like, I think this is number six. Yeah. 
granted we've done two like a night kind of but yeah and they are like kind of spreading out and we've had some some small things we've had some big things we've had some other stuff and like there's like one thing that we've like we've been doing some potheads and training so we're already caught up like a couple months so like it's there's a lot of stuff that's good out of and so at least you don't have to like edit everything right now but I do feel like some yeah. of the stuff like we need to edit it right away yeah there's definitely some stuff I'll be <sighs> right away and like like this one will be right, my right first away. to edit so it'll be ready for <laughs> September yay September, September. But so. how is your summer going besides I mean I don't even know like I feel like we've talked about the Wyoming trip so much yeah. but it's gone fast. Yeah. It's gone fast. We, my son has done um, a few things, which we've talked about in other um, episodes, but he did splash camp, which was swim camp. And then he did um, aquarium camp, which he loved. And then we went to Wyoming for two weeks and he got to hang out with his grandparents. And I did my reunion, which ended up being a smashing success, apparently. Yay! Okay. Which yay that had been a bit of a a stressor for me a little bit. And then what else did we do? We did um that's about it. We just we just got home this week and now I'm we have some things we have to do for the house that we own here in North Carolina. Um, unfortunately, we had some tenants that didn't take very good care of it, so we have to paint it and replace carpets. And so this month is going to taking care of that house, putting it back in good order so somebody can rent it and not feel like they're like in a icky house. Um, but, and then I have, and I think we're gonna put Dash in art camp next week or the following week so I can work at, at the house. And then I'm trying to think what else are we doing? That's about it. I feel like there's one more thing that I was gonna say and I don't remember it. But that's all right. I'll remember at some point. You know, that's life. How about you? I have been working <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, we're in our busiest months for our largest market for my for my work. So we've been like putting in a lot of extra time we don't have any openings that have been planning or needing to be planned or anything so yeah so we're just kind of putting a lot of focus into like back into our stores and stuff and i'm actually gonna have to start traveling to like texas and indian florida in the next couple months but i did just plan my vegas trip for a good friend's wedding I think you should travel to see me. It's on my list. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's really because Andy and I were laughing about it because I was like, I'm planning this. I went down and saw Jen in Springfield for two days, which was amazing. And um, my friend Amanda came in from Arizona, which I do need to go to Arizona and see like everyone out there. But I did get to spend a couple days with them here in Chicago. So I was like, okay, I got to see them. I got to see Jen. I'm like, okay, Andy and I have this trip in the books. And so now I'm like, okay, where's the next trip? And I'm like, all right, I need to put Sheila in the books. Sheila. I need to put my family in the books. Yeah. Um, it's hard, though. Sometimes it's hard to to be able to 
go and do and see all the people that you want and need to see. It's yeah. I totally get it. It's hard sometimes. Yeah, so I've just been doing that. But honestly, like, part of the reason why, one, I really needed to get Vegas booked is because uh, the weekend that my friend is getting married, she had warned me a couple months ago, like, this is kind of a big weekend. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in the city. Prices are going to start going up. Right. And so we were like, all right, let's do it. And Andy and I feel really good about, like, our flights and our hotel and we it might be the mental state that I'm in because I like originally we were legit gonna go just for the weekend and then we're like what about Wednesday to Monday so we're actually staying in Vegas for five nights it'll be fine <laughs> go have fun I think you it'll deserve I it. Think it, no I think it'll be fine it's gonna like it's definitely needed for both of us but um also the bachelorette party for my friend, it's going to be the Thursday before the wedding and all the flights, like there were already a lot of flights taken up. So I was like cutting it really close, getting it in or missing the bachelorette party. I got the the invite and everything like normal, but then my friend did reach out and she's like, I really just wanted you to know right away because if you could work it into your flights, I didn't know if you already had a plan And so part of the reason why we decided to come in a day earlier was because we were like, we didn't want to have to worry about like checking in the flight that we came in, walking around with luggage or like whatever, like the day of. So we were just like, what if we just went one day earlier and it dropped our flights like $60, $70 and it did all the stuff and we were just like, let's just do it. And we're like, we can stay at the pool. We can just do whatever we want for that other day. Like, who even cares? And I'm like, this is just going to be so much better. And there's always a lot of shows to see and everything, which Andy and I really, we both get, like, into that type of stuff. We both, like, kind of live to work. Um, We both kind of, like, work for tickets and stuff. But this is kind of, I did have a girls weekend up in Milwaukee or my uh, one of my best friends, her birthday was in March. Me and our, my other girlfriend, we paid for her birthday weekend up in Milwaukee for a game and all that fun stuff. So we, uh, I've been doing my, my little weekend trips. Like those are my vacations. I yeah. just feel like I need more of them. But I, I am getting ready to go to the Ren Fair in a couple weeks. Yay. And I'm trying to decide, and I have to talk to my friends if we're going to dress up or not, because I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do and what I need to get if we do right. dress up. I was like, ours doesn't, and, yes. I was say, ours doesn't start until maybe the end of September, beginning of October. It runs through November, I know that. Um or at least halfway through November, I think. And it's it's four hours away. So <laughs> it it's a it's a trip for us. Let's say we we you know we have to, you know, go out Friday, drive out Friday, go to the, the run fair on Saturday and come back on Sunday. So it's definitely a it's not just an hour away event. Like yeah. It has has been in the past for me. It's kind of like the, the one in Colorado where you have to make the plans. The trip, yeah. To go, I mean, so. this is like 45 minutes to an hour away, but. That's not bad. We used to do like that up in, thing. up in, uh, when we were in Virginia, the one up in Maryland was like an hour, hour and 15 minutes away. So I totally get it. It's not bad. So Josie, do you have any Harry Potter 
trivia. Oh, not trivia. Yeah, trivia. No. Nope. Facts. Fun facts. I'm like, I'm getting all Uh, my stuff. Fun facts. I do. Oh, no. Oh, she lost it again. Oh, my gosh. I did lose it. Oh, good Lord, Josie. We had issues earlier trying to find what she was looking for originally. I'll be able to to find it right away again. (laughs) That's what she said. Which apparently we said a lot at my reunion. That's what she said. I don't know why, but we did. I mean, I remember the fact. I just won't be able to say it verbatim to how it was written. So the Harry Potter fact this time is that, no, I'm not going to say it because I can't remember how it starts. Dang, so mad. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see here. Oh, interesting. Professor McConaughey's a half-blood. Hmm, that is interesting. <laughs> I found it, I'm pretty sure, but it's a whole, <laughs> like, four paragraphs. Oh, no, this definitely was not four paragraphs. So, at the birth of all of the children who are magical... Their name gets put into a ledger in the magic of ministry. And when they turn 11, Professor McGonagall is the one who sends them all the welcoming letters to welcome them to Hogwarts. She does, because her name's on the letters. We just read that. <laughs> we just one read that. Five of book one. <clears throat> that was not the term, or that was not the verbiage that I originally found but that was the fact was that it all like all of them gets magically accounted for muggles and pure bloods, everyone in between. It all gets down, put, uh, put down magically. And then Professor McGonagall gets to tell you or send you the letter. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right. So um, who's doing the short synopsis? I did the last one. I'll Stumb- do it. I stumbled through it. <laughs> it was very rough. I'll do it. I can it's do the fine. next one. I got it. Um, your book. Yeah, okay, your so- book. Your synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to totally botch this one, too. Um, okay, so we actually read. Well, before we even do that, let me tell you what we read and read the real synopsis. And then I'll give you, you the plot line um so we read the frame up mm-hmm. by megan scott mullen um and this is the golden airy mystery Air- <laughs> golden arrow mysteries book one um and this is the synopsis so by day she writes comic books by night she lives them mg martin lives a breath uh lives and breathes geek culture she even works as a writer for the comic book company she idolized as a kid but despite her love of hooded vigilantes mg prefers her comics 
stay on the page. But when someone in L.A. starts recreating crime scenes from her favorite comic book, M.G. is the LAPD's best and only lead. She recognizes the golden arrow left at the scene as the calling card of her favorite comic book hero. The thing is, superheroes aren't real, are they? When Too Handsome, for his own good, Detective Kildare, asks for her comic book expertise, M.G. is more than up for the adventure. Unfortunately, M.G. has a teeny little tendency to not follow rules, and her off-the-book sleuthing may land her in a world of trouble. Because for every superhero, there's a supervillain, and the villain of her story may be closer than she thinks. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. Um, okay, so a really, uh, like, I picked this book for us. Yeah. Because I just thought it was going to be fun. Yeah. We love geek, both of us love geek culture. We're, we get really into superheroes. Obviously, we're really big into the Harry Potter fandom. What? I know, it's so strange. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard me talk about Harry Potter before. No one would ever see anything Harry Potter and relate it to me. Right. Um, I mean, but really, like, Star Wars, anything like Marvel or DC, like, right. Lord of the Rings, like, whatever. Like, if there's some type of fandom out there, we've probably dabbled in it in some way. Wizard of Oz. Oh, my gosh. Wizard of Oz, huge. It was probably Wizard my of- first fandom. Probably my first fandom. My first fandom, too. And if there was ever a fandom that Sheila and I are both a part of that comes second to Harry Potter, it would be Wizard of Oz. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, so I just thought it'd be fun. It just sounded like a cute little book, yeah. had a little bit of mystery, um, something that I felt like we could probably both kind of do on some level. Um, so I thought it'd be fun. So your 30 second plot line, 30 second ish. Go, go, go. Okay. So you meet MG Martin at the start of her day at a coffee shop where she actually runs into detective Kildare and she looks over his shoulder and just mentions casually something about a comic book. It turns out that it leads her into this huge whirlwind of a case where there's like murder, mystery, drug trade, drug trafficking, romance, romance. But then you also have her hilarious sidekick drag queen Lawrence who mm-hmm. also does her hair. She's super smart. She's super secretive about like her life. She has a lot going on. Um, she really wants to prove herself as a female in the comic book world with her comic books and with her abilities and her art. But she also has this secret passion for costuming and design and all of this other really great stuff which she's also really fantastic at and it's kind of her just figuring out how she can like get what she wants and kind of save the day with detective Mateo Kildare so does she do it with the help of Lawrence and her roommate Ryan and everybody that she works with and the detective let's find out gotta read the book to find out (laughs) Or just listen to us. Or just listen to us. We might we might tell you. We don't know. We might. I don't know. We don't really know how what how this conversation's gonna go yet. Um yeah, so that is the frame up in over thirty seconds. 
and over the <laughs> <laughs> Good uh, fix there, Josie. You know I do what I can. So nice. Sheila, now yeah. that I've taken all the start of this conversation and haven't really let you talk yet. That's right. I'm okay. What did you think of this? I actually really enjoyed this book. Um, it's it's a fun little book. Uh, I think like the beginning was a little slow for me, but probably maybe 25 or 30 percent of the way through it started to speed up, and then I want to say the last 25 um, percent I just like threw flew through. It, you know, I really enjoyed it. The The characters are fun. Um, MG, which is Michael Grace. Parents named her Michael. Um, mm-hmm. She is just insanely talented and geeky all at the same time. And she ends up falling for this super cute detective that she's like, I can't believe this is happening. And she yeah. just... I mean, it's it's a fun it's a fun read. It's definitely like something that like you you want to escape and maybe have some fun with um, comics and even like she, and she throws a lot of fandoms in there. She talks about Harry Potter. She talks about oh yeah Star Wars. She talks about other types of comics out there. She kind of really gets into like the Comic Con and she gets into the how these people like create who they are like not just like the drag queens but like you know the the people that go to comic con like how they really put a lot of time and effort into all the cosplayers yeah who they they become when they go to these comic cons and you know I, I feel like sometimes like if you're not like in a bigger city which I'm not we don't really get the um opportunity to do some of that really cool stuff without having to travel a lot. So it was kind of fun to to read about it and hear about it. And yeah. I mean, I love the characters. The characters are a lot of fun. Like, there are some characters I wish there was a little bit more development with. And maybe this is a series. Yeah. Book two is out. I, I think it's supposed to be a three-book series. And the third book, I don't know when it's going to come out, but book two is out. It's called The Queen, Queen Up. Queen of Con. Queen of Con. Like, <laughs> yeah, Queen of Con. Um, but she, you know, the author did a great job with this, and I totally enjoyed all of it. It's kind of a, a welcomed surprise. Uh, oh, the Queen Con. The Queen Con. That's what yes. it is. Um, the Queen Con. But yeah, we, you know, it was just a nice surprise. It was something easy after a really deep book. Um, the devil yeah. in the white city it was nice to have something a little bit less um arduous <laughs> yeah well and like something that I really had to kind of think about sometimes yeah which is part of the reason why I wanted to pick this because we already knew that we wanted to start right away even yeah. though we were like taking a break um you and I were not and we did put a lot into like our white city comparisons yeah so and the devil in the white city was definitely definitely much heavier of the two and 
that definitely played a lot into why I wanted this. I'm with you. Like, the very beginning of it, I'm not going to lie. Like, I do enjoy things that reference pop culture. And I obviously am going to love anything where, like, within the first five pages, you have somebody calling somebody else a muggle. I'm I'm, like, there for it. But there was also a point where it was almost so heavy in the first chapter that I was yeah. like, if this does not cool down with the pop culture references, I'm going to have a really hard time with this. It ended up being where it was just almost an afterthought where it was like, oh, yeah, these guys are just really into this. And I loved seeing MG kind of feel like she has to be that strong person who can't really show the softer side of herself or the creative side of herself Mm -hmm. um, because in her line of work, it can be kind of misconstrued as like, well, you're the female, this is your lead. Like, so there was a part of it where I was like, oh, like I totally relate to a lot of that. And there's a scene um, later in the book because so Mateo ends up enlisting MG to be a LAPD, like, consultant. Like, he brings her in. She's an official consultant. Nobody can know that that's what she's actually doing on the case. And they need to be able to contact each other um, kind of freely. And so they end up coming up with this backstory that they started dating. Yeah. And nobody's really allowed to know that they're working on the case, that it's supposed to be that they're really dating. And they end up getting invited to her co-worker's house for a marathon weekend of just, like, movies and games and all this yeah. different stuff. And MG's kind of has this moment where she's hurt because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, every couple weekends in a month we try to get together. And she's like, I've never been invited to this stuff before. Right. But now that she has, like, this boyfriend, everybody kind of sees the softer side of her. Yeah. So she, and even though she's like, no, we have to be here on official police business. Like, they're there to investigate her coworkers. Yeah. Like, they both kind of have a moment where it's like, no, we're just going to chill and be and, like. And have fun, yeah. Everybody just say, kind of sees their natural, co- like, their yeah. natural chemistry that the two characters have. And one, That was probably one of my favorite scenes because, like, you, that they walk in and they kind of get bombarded by this this little female. Yeah. And they put a hat on Mateo. Yeah. And he was sorted. I don't even remember what house he was sorted into, but Um, I feel like he was sorted into Griff. Was he Gryffindor or Raven? I thought it was Ravenclaw, but I could be wrong, but he, he gets sorted. And then he's like, what's a, a what? And then the, and the girl's like, and, and then she's like, Oh, I'm a Hufflepuff. And He's like, what's a Hufflepuff or whatever? And yeah. And MG had to explain like Harry Potter to him and a house. And it was just it was just funny the how he didn't really know anything about any of these worlds. And but he learned to kind of really like it and love it. And yeah. He even, like, becomes fascinated by her. He immediately, there's a scene where he goes to her house and he finds some of her drawings and he becomes fascinated with her work on that. Yeah. He just 
kind of ends up becoming an awe of her. And there's even a point where he takes her to a crime scene. Yeah. And a couple of the other cops are like, this is completely ridiculous. Why is she here? And he's like, just let her look. Let her look around the scene. And she yeah. sees, like, something. And he's just, like, standing there, like, in awe of watching her work and put it all together. Yeah. So, oh. and another, you know, another thing, like, with him... He kind of reminds me of, like, what happened with Eric. Like, I mean, Eric was kind of geeky. Or, you know, he had his little nerdy, geeky self that he was. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't think he ever really found his, like, his people. (laughs) And so, like, when he can't kind of found me and then found our theater group of friends, like, he finally learned or felt comfortable kind of being a little weird and silly and I feel like that was kind of Mateo. Like, Mateo didn't know anything about it. But mm-hmm. then when he gets it, like, he's like, what is this movie? This is amazing. Like, he had never seen Star Wars before. And he watched Star Wars. And he loved it. So it's just one of those things that sometimes you don't know what you're missing. And then, like, you get drawn into a group. And you're like, this is this is my jam. Even though I may not be, like, wearing superhero stuff all the time. Or talking about muggles all the time. This is my group. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's kind of what happened to Mateo a little bit. Yeah. So, sorry. I just looked back and found. So, it's actually really funny. because, And I feel like anybody who's into Harry Potter fandom, if somebody guesses them in the wrong house, you know. They're like, <laughs> I am clearly not that person. And... um. MG says, before I can defend myself, the large floppy hat lands on my head, covering my eyes, and the darn thing starts to sing. When the hat seizes its wagging, it crows, better be Hufflepuff, much to the delight of those standing by. I recognize Kyle's sarcastic snort. I would have bet Slytherin, most definitely, (laughs) Kyle. I lift the brim. You better be glad I don't have my rubber band gun, Kyle. Plus, what a lame welcome. I'm obviously a Gryffindor. I demand a retrial. (laughs) And then it, like, ripples. um, And the hat is replaced on my head. It jiggles and dances. I stand patiently until it crows. Better be Gryffindor. More laughter as it's pulled back from um, off and transferred to Mateo's head. He ducks so that a tiny elf of a girl can put it on him. Ever gracious, wearing her while clearly wearing a WTF expression. The sight of the large pointy hats on Mateo's head causes dragons and glee to bang around the rib cage in the death match. I don't know about this one. I think he might be a squib. Mateo knows he's been insulted and throws me a playfully dirty look. Better be Ravenclaw. That's right. I am already clapping. Yes, that's perfect. You're so a book nerd. And then he looks baffled. What is a Ravenclaw? And then everybody's like, it's your Hogwarts house. Right. Uh, That was a much longer passage than I meant for it to be. But it's just so funny and, like, so perfect because people literally get offended. They're like, I would never be that. (laughs) Like Andy still with Ravenclaw. I mean, like myself. (laughs) I mean, I was there. I've been been offended. And I have, I have... I have what well, I, I don't know if mine says squib, but mine mine uh I have that hat that talks. It's quite hilarious. <laughs> quite yeah. hilarious. Um 
One thing that I will say, like, I feel like this is a perfect description of what's, like, what MG, what her character's like. And she says, usually people say, oh, somebody says to MG, you're really something. And it's it doesn't sound like an insult, so I accept it as a compliment. Usually people say that, uh, say that to mean that I'm too much, too colorful, too passionate, too smart, too dramatic, too sarcastic. It's what people say when they don't know how to categorize me, as if I should just fit into, so- into the social box of a woman who wants a picket fence and two kids just like my mom. And I feel like that's her whole struggle through the whole book. Like, through this whole book is, like, how can she be the person who wants romance, who wants a relationship, who wants that stuff? And how can she be, like, the comic book nerd who's also a costume designer, an amazing artist, and all of this other stuff? It's, like, her just balancing the two. It's hard Um, to balance a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, like, I really, I really loved how the author wrote her wit and charm through the whole thing, because I never Mm -hmm. felt like it was overpowering or too much, or I was like, oh my gosh, okay, just move on from this section, and it was also just like, I just love, like, how sarcastic her character is, and she even had a line at, like, one of the end of one of the chapters, where it's like... I can't help it. Witty banter is my kryptonite. And it's just right. like, oh, I mean, like, who doesn't love witty banter? Right? Right? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? No, she, she did a really good job writing MG. MG actually had growth where, like, before she was yeah. at the very beginning, she's kind of this standoffish and I have no time for cute boys or anything. And then, you know... Mateo pops into her life and she ends up, you know, kind of falling for him. And and she starts learning that, like, well, you know, maybe that job that I really want at at work isn't what I really want. Maybe I really want to focus on my costuming, but I can still do my comic booking. Yeah. I'll do my, I'll do this. And, you know, she basically gets um, kind of hired by all of, so she has this best friend, Lawrence, who does her hair, and he's also a drag queen. And she makes all his costumes, and she yes. delivers his costume one night to one of his shows. And she goes in and gives him his costume, and like, by the time she leaves, she's basically been hired to to make all of their costumes. Yeah, she was she was kind of Lawrence's little secret. Like nobody yeah. really knew who made his costumes and they were like, Oh my gosh, are you the talent? Like yeah. make our pieces. And Lawrence is like, fine, do theirs, but mine has to be first and mine has to be the best. Right. I mean, he had <laughs> stipulations, like you still have to take care yeah. of me, girl. But you know, they just had this, they had a great little relationship. I think part, I think, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, no, they just had a great relationship and, I felt like he was like, sometimes you don't need to be that way, MG. You know what I mean? He was trying to sometimes bring her down and guide her a certain way. Right. I also, like, you kind of hit the nail on the head, like, with her growth. I love that her her growth didn't, like, her ambitions changed and they still were greater things. Even though in the grand scheme of things of, like, climbing up a company, they probably weren't as grand. 
because I feel like that's really true life. Like sometimes when I see things, it's like, it's such a small percentage of people who have, like, I think everybody has these ambitions or like thoughts or prophecy of what they want their life to be. And then they're like riddled with regret because it's just like not exactly where it was supposed to be or they like work for one thing and then work for the next thing and then work for the next thing and it's just like it's never enough and one of the things that I loved about her character growth that it's it wasn't only the romantic side of everything it was kind of her just realizing that like her ambition of like the job that she wanted with this company the the job that she thought would get her everything she wanted right she was like wait, I don't have to do that. And that's not even fully what I want. Like, I don't have to be the head of this huge department to do what I want. Mm -hmm. Let him deal with the politics. Let him deal with all of that. I still get my creative say and my creativity. And I get to expand my creativity on something else that means just as much to me. Right. And so it's her finding the balance of, like, her career to pay her bills and then, like, her creativity that she just has a driven passion for. Following her dreams. Being able to follow her dreams. Yeah. And I kind of, I really enjoy, I don't want to say kind of, because I it's not kind of. I really enjoyed how the author intertwined, like, the crime with everything else to where, yeah. like, obviously, the driving force of the story but it wasn't like only on that and it wasn't unbelievable because you're right. already put, even though it's like a very realistic setting, you're put into an unrealistic mindset with like all the fandom and like everything else. And then you have like this vigilante who's actually trying to do something where it's like, I just thought it was like really funny how she like infiltrates like this crime scene one night with Lawrence (laughs) and she's like in her heels, like what, like whatever. And it's like, even she's like, this is really dumb. Why did I ever wear my heels to this? Yeah. Like I should have known better. And it's Mm -hmm. like Mateo has to find her. One thing that I wrote down, like, because I always, like, try to take notes on the side when I do everything, and I remember writing this one note, because I had this thought, and I was like, I swear, if this comes, if this comes true, I was going to be so mad, (laughs) and I wrote, this was actually the first time they, that him and MG kissed. These were literally my notes. I love Mateo, and I'm afraid he's the double agent, dot, dot, dot. Love the kiss between him and MG. (laughs) That was my whole note. Because there was literally a point, because you find out pretty early that That there's there's obviously a double agent. There's a mole somewhere. Mateo tells MG that. But if you watch any other crime thing... It just because they tell you that there's a double agent doesn't mean that they're the not the double agent. Right. So it's like there were things that would happen where I mean, obviously the author did it on purpose, where I was like, wait, but is he? Can we trust Mateo? Can't like is he the one who's doing this? And I was like, I loved his character so much that I was like, I would be mad. I would be mad. I would be heartbroken. I would be like, no, there's nobody else (laughs) perfect for her. It has to be Mateo. So I, I I do remember, you know, kind of like 
there were times where there was hinted at or MG thought maybe Mateo was the the double agent. I never thought he was the double agent. I was like, nope, not him. I don't know what it was in the reading that made me not think that, but I was like, it's not him. It's definitely somebody else. But it would have been a big surprise if she had written it that way. And I, I would have been mad too because I really like Mateo. But yeah, yeah. I, was always, I, I, but I was getting mad at MG always, like, oh, like getting she, mad, like, like where she was like, oh, he's a double agent. I'm like, no, he's not. Just stop it. Just because something good is happening with you and a boy, yeah, stop it. Like just it's one of those it. things where it was like, I never really felt like it was him, but there was just in my head for a split second I was like I mean it really could because the author Mm -hmm. you have no way like no way of knowing where the author is taking this so I was just like I will be so mad um (laughs) but this is like I love this little section too it says I feel like I'm uh this is one of the points where Mateo and her kind of have um this moment at a huge party for the comic book and they're like in the coats trying to find something Mateo he's like I feel like I'm 15 Mateo says his forehead coming to rest on mine if you were kissing like this at 15 you needed to teach lessons <laughs> my phone buzzed <laughs> I really do have to go but I'll call you later okay <laughs> it's just like so funny because it's like I remember being 15 and like I don't know I was a really naive 15 year old in so in like so many ways like there were some aspects where I'm like totally I totally wasn't naive but in what I was actually doing or like my group of friends was actually doing Mm -hmm. we were all like relatively naive for that age and I was still very much like "Ooh, will he hold my hand like whatever (laughs) so like I just can imagine like having this thought where it's like if you were like this at 15 like (laughs) you need to change you need you need to do this or you know um i do have to say at the beginning of the the book mg has nicknamed mateo as officer herbal tea yes because he got herbal tea at the coffee shop that morning and it was just one of those funny um like, and it's not anything she said to his face. It was always, like, internally, like, oh, my yeah. God, Officer Herbal Tea is here. You know, it's just funny things like that that I, I think know. happened throughout the book where she had. And we all do that where, like, we kind of name somebody or we have something in our head that, like, we know it's not appropriate to say to somebody. <laughs> yeah. But. A nickname <laughs> for them. Yeah. So, total side story, the other night, after beach volleyball, uh-huh. we were talking about this guy that we used to work with. <laughs> there was a small group of us who used to call him Lakeview, <laughs> which is a neighborhood in Chicago, for anybody who doesn't know. we like There's all these little neighborhoods in here, but it was like, we called him Lakeview. Actually, we called him straight out of Lakeview. And it was really funny because I was, like, describing him to, like, one of my friends who was in the car. And she was, like, this person? And then she, like, said the first and last name. And she was, like, Lakeview? And somebody else was, like, you guys called him Lakeview? And we were, like, yeah, because he looked straight out of Lakeview. And we were, like, that's what we used to call him was straight out of Lakeview. 
it was really funny and they were just like all laughing and they were like no he totally was like he totally is like that um so yeah you're right like we already all do it the whole ending with like how everything kind of wraps up I love how she gets like she kind of gets some of her friends in trouble which was kind of infuriating Mm -hmm. and Lawrence I don't, like, you really can't downplay Lawrence's character in this book because he really is a secondary character that probably doesn't have a huge amount of, like, actual scenes in the book. And some of his scenes aren't really throwaway scenes. I don't really want to say that because it shows how prominent he is in MG's life. life. Well, you but, get a lot of information. Like, yeah. Like when he does her he's, hair. He is a huge driving force to well, the story. He has a lot of background with the story. Yeah. Pre, Pre-MG. Like, you end up finding out that he has a connection to the man who wrote the original. The creator. Yeah. Because the whole, the whole story, like the comic book that they end up following is based off of the Hooded Falcon, which is, um, like, their version of, like, the Arrow or Batman or Superman or whatever. And it's actually um, a character that deals with uh, drug lords and stuff like that. But it's it was written in, like, the 80s and... Yeah. Um, or, like, 80s, 90s, like, 30 years previous to now. And there's, like, a lot of different stuff that's going on. And... So it plays he plays a big part in everything and yeah and drives the storyline. There's a whole scene at Comic-Con with um Lawrence and some of his uh drag queen sisters um where they there's like a full out like kind of pseudo worked working like scheme or plan to like catch catch the person who's the double agent and cut like catch the vigilante and catch the stuff and like yeah it's like causes all this stuff and they have to like do like a little worse yeah a little bit mayhem you know how like every time the people aren't supposed to you know like in harry potter the kids are always like oh well we're gonna go save the day that's essentially what happened. Instead of telling the adults, or in this case, <laughs> Mateo. the detectives, Mateo, yeah. <laughs> what to, you know, what was the, going on, what the plan was, they're like, well, we're just gonna do it ourselves because, well, and in I guess MG's case, she, she honestly wasn't sure who she could trust at the police station because she knew there was right. a mall, and she'd had some really close calls with the um the double agent or the mole yeah. at the the police station you know like her life was almost and killed. they clearly knew yeah. something with her being involved like they yeah. knew she was the person who was the consultant because yeah. there were th- there was a journal that was going in and out of like missing and hiding and like yeah. all of a sudden it ended up in her coat pocket and it so wasn't like there before yeah so it was very much like she could be framed Lawrence could have been framed Matteo could have been framed mm-hmm. Matteo could have been the one doing the framing with one of the other officers like there was a lot of different stuff going on but it definitely. So she- 
so she just decided to to do it with Lawrence and his drag queen friends at the Comic-Con. Yeah, I mean, so. there was definitely there was definitely a moment where Mateo was like, you're going to tell me if you're planning anything. And she was like, yeah. And then he was like, don't do it. Don't do anything. And she's like, no, right. I totally won't. And then she legit was like, so this is what we're going to do. Right. Like five minutes later. And she, I, I think the other thing, too, about her character is that she really didn't like lying. She, yeah. she was, she's a pretty upstanding citizen friend. And those people that she's close to and trust, like, she, their trust in her is also very important. And so the thought of her having to lie to her roommate and her friend who she really considered her family was very upsetting to her. Mm -hmm. And you could tell that. And she, so she did take it very personal. Like, no, I need to fix this. I need to do this because this is what happened. And, and so that did play a big part in all of it. Um, One thing that kind of gets me, and I guess part of it is I, I, I have also seen this like in, like feminism today where people like get upset if men open doors for you. And there's this one, there's this one spot. Um, Mate, she's, she's running late to her presentation mm-hmm. at work and he ends up taking her or not taking her, but meets her at work or whatever. But part of it is his fault a little bit. Part of it is her fault. Anyways, like there's a whole bunch of factors into why she's running late, but He slides out, opens my door, and insists on walking me to the lobby. I try to tell him every which way to Sunday with my eyes that it's not necessary, that it's chauvinistic, that I won't be attacked in 100 feet to the main door, but he insists by ignoring me pointedly. Obviously, this is after they've already had a a close call. (laughs) Yeah. But um, sometimes I feel like some people today, like people just can't be nice and walk you to the door and open the door for you. Like they're like, well, I can just do it myself. It's like, well, why can't somebody do it for you? (laughs) Because (laughs) because I'm going to say I've been that person where I've had my arms full and nobody wants to help you. Yeah. Male, female, I don't care. But it's, and it's not that, like, I just think sometimes we, people have taken what men used to do, open doors for you, walking you to the door, and they've taken it a whole nother context than to what it was, which was just being nice and kind. And I just, I don't know, like, and maybe I'm just plain old fashioned, but I feel like sometimes we we take things a little too far. And that's one of the things I feel like was taken too far. Like, is it really chauvinistic to open the door for somebody? No, it's just fucking nice. (laughs) I, I get that. And I also get the other side of it. I don't know. Like it's, it's kind of one of those things where I, I actually had a person that I used to work with that used to do that stuff and his intention was always good but then he would also follow up with well because a a girl can't do this or like whatever and so 
like, as somebody who grew up, like, I didn't grow up with brothers. I didn't, like, my dad is a huge gentleman, but mm-hmm. it was also at the same time very much like, we need this done. You have to do it. I don't care if you're a girl. It needs to be done. Right. Like, <laughs> we need firewood. You need to go chop it. Dad, right. that's for a girl. Like, that's not for a girl. Right. No, we need it, so you go do go it. Go do it. Um, and I used to get in arguments with this coworker all the time and I legit would get so mad at him. And then I don't know, like there was just one day we were talking about something and he was like, you are so, he's like, you take things to the extreme. He's like, you just can't allow yourself to be vulnerable. And I was like, I don't think it's that I can't allow myself to be vulnerable. I'm like, why do you take it to the extreme and just think girls can't do anything? Right. And it literally was us just kind of like hashing that out where it actually made me kind of open my eyes to the other side of it. Because I did grow up in the country. I did grow up with the thought where it's like, well, there's nobody else to do it. You have to do it. And it's not that I would ever be rude if somebody, like if somebody opened the door for me, I would never be rude. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, I can carry this box the same you can carry this box. So just back off of me. Like I would get really pissed about it. And we kind of hashed it out and I explained to him like, dude, like I grew up in the country. This was what like my background is. And then he told me how like he had like three brothers. He had a sister and his father was very much like your sister can't do that. She's a princess. And so his whole childhood was girls can't do that. Right. And a girl cooks, a girl cleans that's what girls do. Girls can't lift anything. Girls can't do that side of it. And it was kind of once he's actually one of my really good friends now. And it really took us hashing it out. But because of that, I learned to be much more vulnerable. And so even now, but so for me now, personally, being that person who was on both sides of it, there's for me, it's like a time and place. I no, work, yeah, I agree. There's I work, a time I and work place. With a, yeah. I work with a lot of men who are very considerate. And they would, like, have stuff in their hands. And they would, like, run ahead of me to, like, open the door. And I'd be like, dude, That's like, your hands are full. I can open the door. It's right. fine. Yeah, let me and open so, the door for you. And then, like, when I first started doing the openings with the company that I worked with, like, it was these same people like, I would be carrying boxes off of pallets from, like, one of our huge deliveries, and they'd be like, no, no, Josie, like, we got it. And I'm like, guys, we have 45 minutes to clear out these yeah. eight pallets. Like, just let me do it. And they were like, okay, we'll let, let her do it. And it took a couple times to be like, this is a setting where I can carry three boxes and you can carry three boxes. Like, yeah. I am strong enough to do this. Yeah. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, Things I've seen in our society right now, a lot of people are like, oh, no, men cannot open a door for me because that is chauvinistic. And I'm like, I don't think you understand what chauvinism actually is. Exactly. And so, I mean, because I did not grow up in the country. I had one older brother. I was not treated as a princess. I mean, I was a rough and tumble tomboy which is probably not PC either. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I 
I I will. I'll, I'll carry the giant bags of dog food or the tri- the giant yeah whatever. Like I've I've laid like five pallets of sod by myself. You know, like things that are not necessarily easy feats. Mm-hmm. I have done. And, you know, some people are like, oh, why didn't you, like, ask us to come over and help? And I was like, I just wanted to do it. I yeah. didn't need help. But do I appreciate when the door is open for me? Yes. Because, you know what? I do the same thing for other people. Right. And I so, Like, I always say thank you. But I do remember a time when I would be like, instead of saying thank you right away to the person, I would be like, you don't have to do that. And I'm like, why? Like, why did I say it that way? But I just want to let I was. I just want to let you all know. After Josie said, "Why do you have to do that?" She rolled her eyes at herself. I know, because it <laughs> sounds so ridiculous. Like, it she was sounds, just like, "Why did I say that?" Like, I'm always like, I've always been a huge advocate of like pleases and thank yous and like whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds completely ridiculous to me to think that at one point, like within the last, well, I wouldn't say 10 years, but like definitely the last like 10 to 15 years, I was definitely that person who was like, you don't have to do that for me. And that would be my response. Right. And it's like, why didn't I just say thank you? And now I'm always, like, I'm always very conscious of it. And I'm always, like, thank you so much. And I still have guys who will come up to me because I'll carry things around the restaurant. And they'll be, like, oh, you should have called me or you should have done whatever. And I'm, like, no, it's fine. Like, I can do it myself. And then the door for me. I always have to, like, I always <laughs> just have to, like, reel it back in and be, yeah. like, it's okay. I got it. The thank you. Yeah, and yeah. I always try to still, like, keep it nice because they really are just trying, like, there are some people out there who are really just trying to, it's not even because it's like male, female, because yeah, yeah. they do the exact same thing to another, like to somebody exactly. else. Well, who is thing, female. So it's like, thing. it's really funny that it's like, I feel like women automatically tend to get defensive, defensive. about it when it's like, no, this, like these people would have done that for anyone. It's not just because you're a female. Well, and I think also is like, we, we don't necessarily, we general men women doesn't matter who you are sometimes we don't ask for help we just like we're like oh I can carry the box oh I'm that person I will never you know that's me I'm well the thing is is like if I know I can carry the box I don't need to go ask for help so I'm not gonna go ask for help (laughs) and then they're like then they're like Sheila why didn't you ask for help I'm like well I don't need help but if you would open the door that will be like the best help because oh I need help opening the door. Sheila, why are you attacking me right now? This literally just happened to me and John Luca. <laughs> I don't know if anybody, if anybody's listened to our man called Uve, um, yeah, episode, episode. John Luca, he's a good friend of mine, and now he's friends with Sheila. Um, we work together. We get these menus for our restaurants delivered in these huge, obnoxious boxes, and they are heavy, 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 heavy. But I had already taken a bunch of menus out, so I could lift the box. But these boxes are so big, I could not make it through the door frame. (laughs) And I literally have this heavy box on me at this weird angle, and I'm trying to inch through our, our office 
to get through everything. And John Luke is like, Josie, let me help you. And I'm like, no, I got it. I don't need your help. And he was like, let me get the door for you. I'm like, fine, get the door for me. And then he, I was like trying to make it through the second door. And he was like, put it on the desk and put it down. I'm going to help you get it through the door. And I was like, no, it's fine. And he's like, it's too heavy. I'm like, it's not heavy. And I was just like, it's so ridiculous to watch me try to get through this door. And I was just like, no, I don't need your help. Like he was offering and I, I just couldn't ask for help. I'm the worst about asking for help. I think the moral of the story is ask for help and let people (laughs) help you. I mean, you did kind of let, you kind of let, let him people, help you. Let people help you if they want to. Yeah. Say thank you. Be kind. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. And the world will be a better place. Exactly. And smile. And to Yeah, and smile. And to go full circle and take it back to the frame up and away from me being a jerk. Um, I still love you. Thank you. I still love you too, but there was no reason for me not to love you. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm you're a an, puff. You're well, no, you're an asshole about other things, but I love you for all that stuff too. <laughs> I am an asshole about other things. Just ask Luke for, for <laughs> Exactly. Um, no, like to take it full circle back to the frame up. It's it's kind of the same thing. Like one of MG's growths is that she does learn to be vulnerable to Mateo. And once she starts doing that and she starts realizing like, oh, I can be myself and have this person respect me and do nice things for me and like be intrigued by my mind and be intrigued by everything. It was like, it's just it's a really big plane going by. <laughs> a huge plane flying by. Um, you know, summer windows are up. But um it's like once she started giving into that and being just a little bit more vulnerable, it was like she just realized so many other possibilities that were open. Well, and it wasn't just with him, it was like with her other coworkers. Yeah. Like they were, you know, nicer to her. Not necessarily nicer. She was realizing they weren't necessarily being mean to her or they just ignoring her. Including her. She wasn't included. Yeah. And so once she kind of changed her mindset, she realized, you know what? They have invited me in the past. And I shut them down the first one or two times. And they're like, well, why should we invite right. her? And it's so true, though. Like, how many, like, I've had, there's people that I've had in my life that, I'm like, hey, let's go do something. And they're like, yeah, we make plans. And then the day before, the day of, oh, so sorry, Sheila, can't do it. Okay, we reschedule, we replan. Again, it happens again. And like, this, I'm like, you know, I told my husband one time I with this specific person, I was like, you know, if they do this again, I'm, for this last time, I'm like, it's all in her court. Like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to reach out to her and be like, let's go out for coffee or let's go to a movie or let's get the kids together Mm -hmm. for a play date because she's already burned me two times. And guess what she did? She burned me a third time. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you want people to like you and you want people to want to do stuff with you you, and and if you want to feel included, sometimes you have to like accept people's invitations. Yeah. And that's when you're going to find some of your people. Like she, she found one of the guys, I think it's Kyle's fiance and I can't remember the fiance's name. Nina. Her, 
Thank you. I had she's, it written down for something else, but she yeah. she's like the elf Hufflepuff. The elf yeah. Hufflepuff. She um like she and MG kind of like hit it off and like she didn't realize how much she really liked Kyle's right. fiance. Well, and, and she didn't even realize that they were engaged. Right. <laughs> she was like, wait, you're engaged? You're engaged. So it's like when you start taking those steps to get to know, um, you know, your classmates or your coworkers or whoever yeah. is in your life that you see every day. Sometimes you have to take those steps to go, all right, I will go to lunch with you guys, even though I don't think I'll like you. Because yeah. you may find, you may not find necessarily that you like the whole group, but you may find that there's one or two in the group that you really like. Like she started to learn that Kyle, Kyle and not Andy, or was it Andy? Andy no, was the, Andy was the guy who the supervisor. Was the, yeah. yeah. Um, Kyle and his the buddy. I can't think of his name right now. But they, you know, she starts to realize like they're not so bad, and then she even realizes Andy's not so bad, and Andy is actually the problem. Like Andy is good for the job because yeah. he knows. He knows how to work the the top people, you know. Yeah. And so, like, she starts to realize, like, hey, that's okay. And like, again, that's a whole part of her growth where she thought she could do it all. And then she started realizing, you know what? That that's Andy's forte. Like, yeah. You like know. she, yeah, she definitely. Um, Simon, Kyle, and Simon. Simon. I thought it was yeah. Simon, but I wanted to make sure. I thought it was. Yeah, it was absolutely. Like S, I and remember. I mean, she. It was the same thing. Like they were coworkers. They liked each other enough for work. They did invite her to things, and then they stopped. And then she realized that they were like, "Oh, they've been doing this for a long time," and she's like, "I'm not getting invited." And right. then. She had so much fun that the next weekend that they were going to be doing this, like a couple weekends later, she was actually looking really forward to it. Forward to it, yeah. And, yeah, like, Nina and her ended up having a lot of the same stuff that they really like. She was, like... A theater major. Yeah, and she um, commissioned MG to, like, do some uh, costuming for for Kyle. And yeah. Kyle and Simon because they're um for their cosplay. cosplay. They were do- they were LARPing and they needed like chain mail and stuff like that. Yeah. Which was the best because there was a whole thing where there was the a point where Mateo and her, the whole point for why they went over that weekend and uh-huh. like started quote unquote dating was because they suspected that Kyle or Simon could have been the one who was the vigilante. Because and they had so she, bruises. They had, yeah, uh, and she started noticing that they had, like, bruises and, like, their one one of their wrists was, like, wrapped and they were, like, limping or whatever. And, yeah. They were, they were like up. They were like, oh, uh, I got beat up by an old lady with <laughs> Which a sword. Which is true. And, like, a foam sword. And she was like, this is the lamest excuse ever. Yeah. And then after she had this conversation with Nina, she was like, oh my gosh, they really do LARP. And then she just, this light yeah. bulb clicks in her head and she was like, oh, you really did get your ass kicked by the old lady. Yeah. And Simon starts laughing and he's like, yeah, it's totally true. He did. And it was like LARPing was their version of like going to the gym or staying in shape. Yeah. And um, 
Kyle just was like, whatever, you're partnered with her next week, so good luck. Good and luck, he was just yeah. like, and Simon just, like, held his head. But it, it's true, like, her opening herself up just a little bit to Mateo allowed her to open herself up to everybody else around her. And just being like, oh, there's more people than just these two people that I can relate with and, like, yeah. things with, so. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's probably my favorite part where she starts to realize how much she... Like, she doesn't have to have just Lawrence and her ex-boyfriend slash roommate, Ryan. Yeah. Like, because that's, like, at the beginning, that's all she had because she's estranged from her family. Her family kind of disowned her when she decided not to be a lawyer. She quit her. She just, like, seriously, yeah. she, she was working in a law office, had a job, you know, had gone to school, gotten her degrees and her certificates and bar exams and everything. And she she did that for a while and she just wasn't happy and, and she left and she just up and quit work and started dressing how, you know, her, her little geek self wanted to dress instead of, you know, the 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 suits that lawyers tend to wear and she just dyed her hair and everything and her Mm -hmm. parents were like well if you do that you know don't don't expect anything or whatever and and she so she doesn't really have a relationship with him I think they kind of talk occasionally but it's not yeah like, like there's not a lot of love in that family yeah yeah, because there's, I mean, there's a point where she talks about how she, like, literally lived in her friend's closet for three months. Because yeah. that was the only place she could live after she quit her job as a her lawyer. Job. And yeah. her parents, like, her parents cut her off. Yeah. They so. were like, not today. Yeah, I, there was a lot... I don't know. I just remember texting you like partway through this book and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm enjoying this so much more than I expected to. Yeah. Like I expect, like I was like, oh, this is going to be a good like mind switch, something we don't really have to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I guess, think about strong, like really concentrate too hard on like certain aspects of it. I just remember being like, this is going to be like a good, like, Way to switch off your brain and just kind of enjoy enjoy it. And I definitely ended up enjoying this way more than I expected to. Me too. I wasn't sure what to accept, expect, but when once I really got into it, I was like, oh, this is a nice little find. Actually, tonight I I downloaded the um con queen con con queen queen con. Queen Con. I want to call it Con of the Queen, and then I'm like, that's not it. Queen of the Con. That's what I want to call it. Well, yeah, because this is a Kindle Unlimited, which is also why I wanted to pick this book as well, because we had to buy two books for our last book. So I was like, let's do something where we don't really have to purchase anything. And I had some other Kindle Unlimiteds that I needed to return. Um, and since I was able to return them, I actually was, I'm probably going to download this tomorrow. I had to return some books I actually haven't gotten to yet to, to get my Queen Kong back, but that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to, to reading the next, next part of this. Who is your favorite character? 
Oh, that's hard. I mean, I, I do like Mateo and I did like um, MG, but I Nina's really a short character, but I really liked her. Like, I, I felt like she was like a really, a really true, genuine character. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, like she's somebody that people would really kind of gravitate to in real life. Um, and I also really loved Lawrence. I, I felt like he was just a, um, there, there's much more to Lawrence as you're going through the story. And, um, I'll be fun to see what is going on in the next book. Cause I, I have not read the synopsis for it on, but I feel like that has something to do with maybe him. I haven't either. Yeah, I, just, I haven't read it either. I have an inkling that he might be a little bit more in that book than he was in this book. Yeah. We shall see, though. But I, I did like him. You know, he he was, you know, Lawrence a hairdresser by day, and then he was, um, shoot, what was his name? Um, or what's her name, I should say. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, her drag queen name. Her, it was... Did it have to do with Cleopatra? He wanted no, what? Uh, no, but one of his outfits or her outfits was Cleopatra. Crap, I don't remember. But <laughs> Lawrence's drag queen persona is um very fun, and with you know he had fun with Matteo because Matteo mm-hmm. happened in on a performance and. It was just one of those funny things that that happened. So, yeah. Um I too liked I did really like Mateo and MG. Um I really really liked Lawrence. Like mm-hmm. he definitely was one of my top characters, but I, there was something that was really funny, like, every time Kyle and Simon were around, <laughs> I just was, like, kind of looking forward to what they were going to say or what they were going to do. Whatever antics they had. They were, they were yeah. good. They had a good chemistry, those two. Yeah, definitely. I feel like reading more about them is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um... Seeing them, like, in the house when they had everybody come out and just, like, how much they gravitated to Mateo and everything. It, honestly, like, their characters are a lot more sub-characters than this, but they, their characters kind of reminded me um, to do a throwback real quickly. Um, in Friends, <laughs> when Tom Selleck was on the show and Joey and Chandler would, like, start to to take over, like, Richard's persona. Like, Kyle and Simon just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Like, they, like they were Mateo, really impressed like, by Mateo. Yeah, Mateo was around, and he, like, fixed the chair, and they're like, wow, MG's boyfriend, he, like, fixed my chair. That's amazing. And then it's like, you have to come do this with us. You have to, like, they immediately were just, like, man-crushing on Mateo. Well, and it just even, was so funny to me. Even the first time Andy brings Mateo in when Mateo does a surprise visit to to MJ, like, they're all kind of like, who's this man? Like, they, 
they all were kind of like man crushing on Mateo and it happens throughout the book. Like there, there is, there's something about Mateo that people are just drawn to him. He's like a little magnet. Like, yeah. and I think it's because he's, he is really kind and, you know, he's helpful. Like he fixed a chair. He didn't have to fix. Was it Kyle that was there that day or was it Simon? Whoever's chair it was, but you know, he fixed the chair. I think it was Kyle's. I want to say it was Kyle too. Yeah. And he didn't have to do that. And he did. And like, it was so funny because MJ or MG was kind of like, what are you doing? Come yeah. On, she's like, you don't, you don't have to fix his chair. Yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, he's okay. Trust me. And he just did it. So I think, you know, there was just something about Mateo that like, just drew people in and you know because he did nice things like fix broken chairs office chairs he was like the real life generous superhero but like not a superhero at all and just a cop yeah but it's even like the thing with him though it's like even his house like he lives out in the desert and MG's like, who would live out here? And then he was like, I have to be out here because it's my chance to get away and actually like do certain things. And for sure. Oh, Latifa Nile. Latifa Nile. That's right. I think that's why I was thinking Cleopatra was. But I think one of his costumes was Cleopatra. I think it was too. Um, or at least yeah, the one, so. at least the one she delivered. Maybe that one was Cleopatra. Yeah, it was uh, definitely gold. And they talk about the Cleopatra cat eye, so that's probably what it was. Yeah, so I'm excited to read more about. I'm excited to read more about all of these characters. Yeah, for sure, me too. Um, and I'm excited to see kind of like where the story goes. And like I said, like I really, I really liked the growth of all the characters. Even Mateo had a good amount of growth because he opened himself up to, like, a group of people that he probably would not normally be around. Definitely. his ex pops up in the book, and she was, like, an old model. And so when he meets Nina and finds out that she's an actor, he's like, oh, she acts. And then she was like, no, I'm in the theater. I don't do television. I don't do (laughs) movies. I don't do modeling. I don't, like, I am strictly theater. It's a totally different mindset. Different world, yeah. Um, So it's just like, oh, yeah, it is a different mindset. So, yeah. So, Sheila, would you recommend this book? I would. I would definitely recommend it, especially if you want something kind of fun and easy and if if you want to kind of get a little geek fix and feel like you're with your your people if that's your yeah your thing I would totally suggest this if you're not into the fandom stuff and you're like how do people get into this how like are there really people that live like this I feel like this is definitely a good look into it yeah I would also warn that not everybody is extreme as these people who are into fandom that there's all degrees of it but this is still like and there's even if like even as somebody who's like not as extreme as the as these characters it's like oh they have a piece of my heart yeah, well, it's, and a great, it's a great little look into it. There's there's references to all sorts of things, like even um, 
the Princess Bride is mentioned. Yeah. She even gets him to watch it, it at the end of the, the book, if I'm rem- remembering correctly. But, um, like, there's things like that. So it's not just going to be Harry Potter or Star Wars. Like, there's, like, bits and pieces of all sorts of fandoms yeah. thrown into it. And there's a brand new fandom thrown into it because... The it's comic true. book, the comic book character that this whole thing is based off of is not the hooded, hooded falcon. Yeah. yeah, it's not anything that's existed. Yeah, so um, it's just it's fun. I I think there's a lot to to enjoy from it, and like I said, if you you want something fun, easy to read, that's a little bit of mystery. The romance isn't a lot. It's just kind of a girl falling for a boy and yeah, a boy definitely. falling for her it's not like hot and steamy or yeah the romance anything. is definitely like the back burner point of the story the mystery and yeah. everything is um that's the big part of it so but it's definitely we, budding like yes. a budding romance it'll be yeah but i would totally go read it have fun, enjoy it. Go read it on the yeah. beach, read it on the airplane, enjoy it in the mountains. Yeah. You do, you do have to have a. I don't think she has it in um, hard copy yet. I don't think you can purchase it in hard copy yet. So if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can download it that way. Mm-hmm. Or you can um, buy it, I think, for like $4, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Um, you can buy it for three or four dollars. Um, download it to your phone or your tablet or your e-reader, whatever you have. You can do that. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a fun little story. I loved. I liked it. Read it. It's fun. It's a great weekend read. It's a great um vacation read. Yes, definitely a good vacation read. Yeah. Even if you're not going on vacation. If you're not going on vacation and need a vacation, it's a good read. Yes. I agree. Nice. All right, kid. Well, I feel like we've been doing so much talking recently. I know. I'm not sure what we should talk about for our books that we've read. I know. It's, we, yeah. We're a little screwed up right now. We're all over the place. I will say, so I'll just say the two books I'm reading right now. Mm Mm-hmm are good omens i'm finally finishing this i want to finish it before i start the amazon movie or Mm -hmm. tv show and i have to say as somebody who raved and loved neverwhere i am getting kind people are probably gonna be like what is wrong with you because good omens actually was like suggested to me yeah um I'm having a hard time reading it, and it's not because it's not good. It's not because of anything. I just am like, I just don't think I'm interested in the story. That happens. I don't think it has to do with the writing. The writing is excellent. The characters are great. I just think that all of it together, I'm like, I just don't know if I'm interested in the story. But I'm so close to finishing it. I want to finish this. You got this. Yeah, and then I'm also, um, because I always have to have, like, a quick little read, um, I've always been like that, I am, I am also reading book eight of the Witches Wind series, so. Okay, um, the book I'm currently reading is 
uh, See No More by W.B. Deneen. And this was, I'm pretty sure this is a Kindle Unlimited book. And it's kind of about this girl that finds out that, like, her father leaves them when they're, she's like eight or nine, maybe ten, but, you know, kind of that elementary age. And then, um, when, then in her 30s, she finds out that he's alive, but he's been in hiding. And then she ends up having to go hiding with him and her mother because of like conspiracies and everything. So wow. I'm like, how far am I through it? 70%? I'm 72% with through it. So I'm wow. almost, I'm almost yeah. done with it. We're um, like both almost there with our books. My only problem with this book is it's a lot of chapters because I feel like she could, he, the author, I'm not sure if it's a he or she, I felt like the author could have put some of the chapters together, like all the chapters are like four or five minutes. Mm. It's like I'm on chapter 68. <laughs> There's a lot of chapters and I'm like, does this really need to be split up in a chapter? Yeah, I just feel yeah. like some of the chapters that need to be split up, so as much as they, they have been. Yeah, but I've read books like that before. I felt like I feel like that's just her author choice or whatever. It's something that maybe they could work on the next time. Mm, nice. But I'm enjoying it. It, it. it had it took a turn that I was not expecting. Oh. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and then I have um I'm gonna start Hocus Pocus and the all new sequel. Nice. My uh, lending library, my digital lending library had that. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. So I thought I'd try that. Maybe it'll get me, like, in the fallish mood. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about that because I had a friend enjoy it um, and recommend it, and I've thought about reading it. So I'll have to hear. you'll have to tell me what you think of it. I will let you know. Maybe yeah. it should have been our October book, but we already have an book for that which I guess we should announce yeah I was just gonna ask if you were going to announce this I can I can totally announce it so our next book for October is Horns by Joe Hill um I read this like five six years ago yeah um I think I've been like Josie you need to read this ever since and so this was my way of getting Josie to finally read it final, <laughs> finally read it um, it's just we, we have so many books that we want to read that sometimes this is the only way to do it. So I that, I read it. I, it. It is a movie. And the last time I checked, it was on Amazon. So I think we should definitely read it and then watch it, watch it. And then we can talk about it. Yeah, no, I don't, I've I don't, already I've already started it. I like it. It's yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying it. And if people that don't know anything about Joe Hill Joe Hill is actually Stephen King's son. So um, I don't think they necessarily write the same, but I think you can see where like his dad's influence kind of helped him in his creative world. You know what I mean? Yeah. His creativity. So um, I'm really excited to see what you think of this book by Joe Hill. I do like his writing. I've read a couple of other 
couple other of his books. So it'll be nice. fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Well, that's another book done, Sheila. Yay. On to the next. Um, as always, uh, reach out to us on Instagram and Facebook. You can go like our page and follow us on Instagram at Potheads Who Read a Podcast. Mm-hmm. Email us any suggestions, your likes, dislikes. Do you like anything that we're talking about? Do did you strongly disagree with us on a book that you've read? Um, <laughs> we love hearing email, your opinion. Email us. Yeah, email us at potheads who read um, at gmail.com. And, and don't forget to rate and review us because you will be put into a drawing for a super cute enamel pin that has the Harry Potter glasses. It says nerds and it has the lightning, lightning bolt uh scar yeah because we'll be doing we'll be doing that drawing on october 1st yeah so get it in before october 1st yeah and you can actually reach out to us if you listen to us on spotify or some platform that does not allow you to rate or review you can actually email us to still enter that drawing otherwise go to itunes um podbean google play Stitcher, rate us, review us, subscribe, and that's going to help other people find us for our little book club podcast. And, yeah, is that everything? I think so. I think so. We just had that extra little bit about that pen. I know. I was like, oh, we got to talk about that. Yeah, we have to. Excellent. Well, everyone, thank you for reading with us. And go crack a book open. Bye. Bye. Hey, Potheads! Y'all, I keep thinking about that pin you gave me, and I just love it so much. It goes with all the other pins from our loot crate. It's so cool. Yeah, I found it on Etsy. The shop is called Dust and Pages, and their entire Etsy shop is amazing! They have so many book-related pens, but I fell in love with this pen, and I think it totally fits our podcast. Sheila, it absolutely fits our podcast and us. But listeners, do we have a treat for you? You mm-hmm. have the chance to win one of these very cool pins. What? <laughs> Go to Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher for listening to podcasts, and be sure to describe, <laughs> subscribe, rate, edit, review. And then on October 1st, we're going to add all the names of the reviewers into a drawing and then pick just one. So maybe it'll be you. Be sure to email us at potheadswhoread at gmail.com. If you listen to us on Spotify or any other platform that doesn't allow you to rate or review, then you have a chance to win too. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, I know I already have one, but can I win another one? No! This is only for listeners. You do not listen to us, Andy. Andy, you you don't listen to us. That's fair. You only participate, which we love you for. Yes. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and be sure to like and follow us. We will post a picture of the pin you have a chance to win. Definitely. And as always, thank you for reading with us. Go crack a book open. Ugh, guys, I guess I gotta start reading.
<laughs> Bye. 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 You're doing great, sweetie. Keep it up. <laughs>